Today's sponsor is Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price. Get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash recode and using the promo code recode. Terms and conditions apply. Today's sponsor is also SoFi, a new kind of finance company that offers student loan refinancing at low rates. SoFi members save, on average, $19,000, and you can save even more through an employer partner program. See how SoFi can help you at SOFI.com. Terms and conditions apply at SoFi.com slash legal. Recode Radio presents Recode Decode, hosted by Kara Swisher, powered by digital media. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, executive editor of Recode. You may know me as the person who only binge-watches documentaries on Netflix, but in my spare time, I talk tech, and you're listening to Recode Decode, a podcast about tech and media's key players, big ideas and how they're changing the world we live in. You can subscribe to Recode Decode at iTunes.com slash Recode Decode. And while you're there, leave us a review. Today in the red chair for the 50th episode of Recode Decode is Chelsea Handler, the host of a new talk show on Netflix called Chelsea. She previously hosted a late-night talk show, Chelsea Lately, on E! and also did another show for Netflix called Chelsea Does. She's also the author of several books, including the bestseller, Are You There, Vodka? It's Me, Chelsea. Chelsea Handler, welcome to the show. Sounds like I need to change my name. I know. I, know. I have too Chelsea. many things that I've Called done Chelsea? with Chelsea in the yeah. title. I haven't have used Kara yet enough. I should do Kara. Yeah, Tracy, maybe I'll change my name too. Tracy, all right. Okay, good. That's mellifluous, right? Tracy? <laughs> no, I like Chelsea. You know what? If you've got a great name, you should use it. So we're talking about your show on Netflix. I'm having you here because now you're a verified internet entrepreneur, essentially, um, and moving into the the digital space in a really significant way. And talk a little bit about sort of the journey to this show and why you're doing it on Netflix. Because we've talked about it previously before you did it. But talk to me about how you got there and then how you're feeling now that you're living fully digital. Well, it wasn't necessarily a digital plan on my, on my part. It was more of a, I just wanted to be in a place where I was surrounded by innovators and Mm -hmm. people who were forward thinking and who were progressive. And to me, Netflix embodied that. Mm -hmm. And when I was at my old show and I was going to take some time off, I started taking meetings about when I announced that I was done with that show. I started taking meetings just by the nature of people saying, oh, what are you going to do next? What are you going to do next? And it wasn't my intention to do something right away. I thought I needed like a a minute to just Mm -hmm. think about what I wanted to do. You Some, did seven years? How many years? <clears throat> I think so. I'm not really like good that. with time frames. Yeah. So it could have been it was a long time. It could have been ten for all could I know. Um, I could have been one year, ten years. So I just thought I needed a little time to figure out what my next move was going to be. And when I met with the other kind of more typical and traditional formats and networks, I thought this isn't going to work. I can't just go from that show to another kind of same show structure that's just already in place. I wanted to create my own structure. Mm-hmm. And the only place to do that in my mind at that time was Netflix. Mm-hmm. So they didn't come to me. I went to them and so I said So what did you do? Did you call them up and say hi? I said I think Ted I told Sarandos, right? Yeah, I think I told Irving Azoff, I know. Mm-hmm. He's a close friend of both of yes, ours. Swervy. Yeah. I think I told Irving I would like to go to Netflix and I said, "Can you get me in a room with Ted and whoever else is in charge over there?" Mm-hmm. And so he did. And then I sat down with them and they got it. And I said, I want to do something different. I want to, you know, I want to have a bigger platform. I want to do a more responsible show. I mean, I still want to be an idiot, but mm-hmm. I want to give information in a fun way. Right. And I want to do something a little bit more worldly and be a little bit more responsible with how I'm spending my time and what I'm putting out there. Right. And I was bored and I wanted some time off. And they said, do it because we're not going to figure out the capabilities to how to stream your show for about a year anyway. Mm-hmm. So take a year. Right. And then in the interim... I pitched the idea of doing like those four documentaries. Right. 
and I said I want to do one about racism, I want to do one about technology, I want to do one about drugs, and I want to do one about marriage. I want to go to Peru and do ayahuasca. And Ted mm-hmm. goes, great, do them. Mm-hmm. And I thought, this is a really cool place to work. So, talk, I mean, great do them is a great thing, but talk a little bit about, we had spoken about Hollywood and the strictures that are, because late night talk shows have a sort of a fascist way they organize themselves. They're always the same. They're very similar. You had been tired of that. I think, I forget what you said when you left your last <clears throat> show, but you had some issues with the way it was structured. Well, I mean, I created my last show, so right. it wasn't like it was structured before I came on the scene. Mm-hmm. The last thing I wanted to do was go into a show that had already been set up before by somebody else. Right. I mean, my whole... the which whole you could have done. Which I could have done, of course, but what excites me, what's challenging, you know, I want to be out of my comfort zone. I want to do something I've never done before. I wanted mm-hmm. to create something from the ground up. And I knew that Netflix was really the only partnership to do that with, and it is challenging, and it's everything I had hoped it would be. It's fulfilling in every way. You know, I'm working 12 hours a day doing stuff that I like, mm-hmm. getting pulled in a million different directions, but in a way that I can I can now have politicians on my show. I had Senator Barbara Boxer on. I had mm-hmm. John Favreau, Obama's yes, speechwriter. Yes, I know. The mix is amazing. Like, and the, I'm mixing them with celebrities and kind of talking about real things and kind of edumacating people. Yes, edumatainment. Edumatainment, yeah. which is what I really wanted to do and accomplish. And so they've been a great collaborator in the fact that they've let me kind of figure it out. You know, well, why couldn't you do that before? <laughs> I just is there a difference? Is I don't think people were ever tuning into E to be educated. They're right. tuning into E to tune out. Right. Do you know? I mean, yeah. they're like they want fluff at the end of the day. So, like, what happened? You'd be talking about the Chewbacca mother, for example. A, a, yeah, and after which is fine. Yeah. By the way, that was pitched to me. I'm okay. new show. I go. We're not doing that anymore. We're not right. talking about gossip. Mm-hmm. I can have celebrities on, but there's a much different. You know, of course, you're going to have some celebrities on. I never said I wasn't going to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about gossip mm-hmm. unless it's hilarious. <laughs> you right. know, unless it's Sumner Redstone hilarious. Yes. Okay. That's it's hilarious. So, uh, you know, they always said it. E, you can make the show whatever you want. You can make. And I go, yeah, but people aren't coming to E for that. Right. So Netflix being in 190 countries, it's my show's translated every single day. They input it. They translate it into like 20, 24 languages. And then it's which was, what's your favorite language? I don't know. Estonian? I haven't heard it in any other language I'd like to hear yet. You in Estonian. I can I can barely get by in this language, so I'm not really <laughs> that eager to hear me in Germany. So and then it gets fed into 190 countries. So that mm-hmm. kind of platform is hugely attractive. Mm-hmm. I didn't even realize how oh, big yeah. it was going to be when I signed on with Netflix because right. they just went into 190 countries about three months ago. Mm-hmm. So in every way, it's more than I could have imagined. So talk a little bit about Hollywood. <clears throat> it, it, are, were they surprised that you did this or did you feel that you couldn't accomplish this at a network, that you couldn't have done it, the similar thing? Um, for me, it was really important just to have not be tied to one structure, have more fluidity within a show, not be opening a show in the same way every single night, not standing and doing a monologue. Mm-hmm. Even if Call I'm doing it an a, explanation? Well, it's an explanation sometimes. Sometimes I'm sitting down. Sometimes I start with a piece with kids, me talking right. to kids about politics. I just want the flexibility to have it different all the time so I can stay interested. Right. I like the energy of not knowing what's going to happen next. And you can't do that in networks? Or... I mean, you could, I guess, but I mean, that's not appealing to me. I mean, you're only in this country, A. Right. That's not appealing. I love traveling. So that's mm-hmm. a huge component of the new show. We right. went to Tokyo. We went mm-hmm. to Russia. We went to Mexico City. Mm-hmm. We got to go to Florida, which is also like another country, <laughs> and um, interview people about the election. You know, we get to cover politics. We get to cover everything that I, you know, that makes up a full person, the stuff that interests you and that you read in the paper and that you want to talk about with other people who can kind of inform you about. Mm-hmm. You know, we had Bill Nye on the other day. Mm-hmm. He wasn't as informative as I had hoped, <laughs> but, but he was there yeah, right. explaining GMOs. Right, right. And you have you do mixing, is it? I yeah. think you had Boxer and... Uh, 
Khalifa? DJ Khaled. Khaled. Yeah, Khaled. yeah. I'm sorry, my son. And then we had Ashton Kutcher and Cindy McCain on talking about mm-hmm. human trafficking. And we try and well, mix them when it's appropriate. That's a big, that, yeah. that actually is a big issue for him. Well, another example of somebody being responsible with, you know, their soapbox. Right, exactly. So what are the differences in doing it online versus, is there any difference? I mean, the, the idea is these things are melding. You have Amazon making shows. You've got Netflix making shows. Google has not yet waded in and probably won't, neither is Apple. But is there any difference in terms of, except for the more control you have? Um, I've always had control. At right. E, they let me do whatever I want, you know, mm-hmm. I wanted to. They, so that that wasn't the issue as much as it, the difference is that it lives there, first mm-hmm. of all. It goes online, it's streaming, it's there forever. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have a time to, you know, tune in. You know, if you look at the ratings of networks of late night television shows, people aren't watching watching them they're right. not watching them from start to finish certainly right. they have viral clips that they watch online well they're doing those clips in order to do that they're trying to do stunt after stunt in order to have it live online and people don't watch them they watch sections of it right so i think the advantage of being out on place on a platform like netflix is that it's up there it's you're up already there. just admitting it like here it is Where, wherever can... you want whenever you want to watch it you want to watch it in the morning you can watch it in the morning if you i mean you can binge watch them all on the, on the weekend if you want to or mm-hmm. you can watch one episode and be like oh these are the dinner parties she does i like those i don't like the rest of the show or i like when she does this kind of show i want different types of shows within my show right so that you know when you're tuning in and you see the caption you're like oh okay that's when she does this right so for me there are myriad reasons to be on. Why call it a late night show at all then? It's not. I've it's never a, called it. It's a talk show. A talk show. It's okay. not late night. Not, not late night. But it's structured in that manner. What people are used to watching. Yeah. It. it feels like it's, you know, because it's, you know, there's cursing and there's adult conversation. So maybe you could. You like cate- that part of it? The well, of course. You know, everybody knows that I like that. <laughs> <laughs> you can categorize it as late night based on that alone. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I think. I don't know when you watch a show like that, nor do I care. I just, I like the access I have to all these different kinds of places and countries. And Netflix is so encouraging about going and traveling to all these places and highlighting the cultural differences Mm -hmm. to many places that people may never get to go to. It's like, if I'm going to go on vacation and see all these places, why not film it and show everybody what it's like in Mexico City, that it's not that dangerous, that it's a beautiful place, you know, Mm -hmm. and that we should be more broad-minded about certain things. Sure. Sure. We're here with Chelsea Handler of Chelsea on Netflix, and we're going to talk about how she makes the show when we return. Today's show is brought to you by Casper. Casper made a perfect mattress and sells it directly to consumers to save money. The Casper is an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. It combines springy latex and supportive memory foams to create an award-winning sleep surface with just the right sink and just the right bounce. Time magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015. Shipping to both the U.S. and Canada is completely free, and there's a 100-day risk-free trial and return policy. If you don't love your Casper mattress, they'll pick it up and refund everything. These mattresses are made in America. Get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com recode and using the promo code recode. Stop paying for the mattress industry's inflated prices. Go to casper.com recode and use promo code recode. Terms and conditions apply. Today's show is also brought to you by SoFi. SoFi is a new kind of finance company. They're helping people get out of student debt faster while saving them a lot of money. Refinancing student loans with SoFi saves members an average of $19,000. SoFi even partners with companies to help free their employees of debt. See how SoFi can help you at SOFI.com. Terms and conditions apply at SoFi.com slash legal. We're here with Chelsea Handler, who has a new show on Netflix called Chelsea. 
it is a show that you can watch anytime. It's three three times a week, right? Is that correct? Yeah, they get released at twelve oh one Pacific Standard Time, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And why did you do that? What was the? Um, well, that was Netflix's plan, so that it's always um, released on the same international date throughout the world. I see. Okay, and so you release it. You do three a week, mm-hmm. and you, you're slated for ninety shows. Is that correct? Ninety shows. Ninety shows. Is that a season, or what does that become then? Just ninety uh, shows. Ninety shows for three years. Ninety shows a year for three years. Wow, that's a lot of shows. Yeah, but I used to do more than that. Yeah. So you're you're putting out three shows a week and people can watch any time. How do you plan and do them? Now, is that different from the way you did before? Or is it very similar? No, it's much different. I mean, we put a lot more effort into this because it's more, you know, it's a much broader show and there's a mm-hmm. broader scope of topics. So there's a lot that goes into it. We actually shoot the shows on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday because they need a 36-hour turnaround mm-hmm. to feed them into the uh, other countries. So we shoot them Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then we spend all day Thursday and Friday figuring out how we're going to approach, you know, like with the, the election week. and stuff. Right. If there's going to be new stuff that's coming out after the show's aired, we have to kind of be strategic about when we place sure, that show absolutely. during the week. Right. And for But for the most part, other than politics and other than, you know, kind of stories Topical that happen, things, yeah. you know, there are broader topics that you're just going to touch on regardless of the time. Right. So it doesn't really – I mean, it's definitely something to be mindful of. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're, we're going off, it's like, okay, see you next time instead of see you tomorrow night. <laughs> you're just like, okay, see you next time because you don't know what order people are watching, and right, right. et cetera. Right. And so you, you just tape them as the way you used to do a show on a set. And then when you go out, you do the – out, but it's not different in terms of production or how you think. Well, what about we did for this show is we started doing. Um, we started shooting about four months before because mm-hmm. I wanted tons of field pieces because I really like that yes, kind of stuff. Are. So I we shot tons and tons. So we went into the show with about sixty field pieces. Oh, you had done those. Okay. Yeah, we shot those before we even went into studio. And what were you looking for in those? Just you know, I wanted everything. I wanted to talk to different. I want to talk to like older people about the election, younger people, kids. I talked to kids a lot. They're a big part of the show, mm-hmm. and. Um, I talk to, I mean, when I say kids, like eight, nine-year-olds, you right. know, talking about Donald Which Trump means- is very entertaining. <laughs> um, and then we went, you know, we just, like, I, I went in Tokyo, I took geisha training classes, mm-hmm. or, and I went to geisha school, and then we went to an event with geisha. Which is a little bit like Chelsea Does, it's sort of interesting. Yes, I wanted to basically use Chelsea Does as a bridge to the new talk show, mm-hmm. and I wanted to kind of coalesce the two things, a talk show format with elements of Chelsea Does, Mm -hmm. which is exactly what I'm trying to do. Mm -hmm. I want to kind of have that vibe. You know, those are documentaries. So you're watching, I mean, I use that term loosely, you're watching those and they're an hour long. So it's a a little different because Mm -hmm. you don't have an hour to explore a topic within a 30 minute format, but you can still do it a little bit. And Mm -hmm. I like that. So we're kind of combining the two. And so you're just, you know, finding your footing within that is interesting and doable. So we're, you know, every day we're like, okay, that worked, this worked, this didn't work, let's do it this way. How do you judge what works? What, what is your... You just know. I mean, you know... Well, except that you have a different audience. Is it different? Is it, I, I, what I'm thinking is, do you think about creating differently? I interviewed Kim Kardashian yesterday. I think she actually quite brilliant in terms of how people like to consume on her app. It's really interesting how she... What's her, what is her app? It's the Kim Kardashian app. And what does that mean? She does all kinds of things, all kinds of special things. She cooks and shows it off. She, it's very internet millennial. It's fascinating how... It's very Snapchatty. I don't know how else to put it. Okay. It's, do you think about creating differently? Not that you're like Kim Kardashian, but you're different. But there may be a new way of creating that isn't the old way of creating. Do you think about that? Um, well, if you're talking about, you know, it depends if you're talking about being just creative for the sole purpose of being creative or you're talking about being monetarily creative mm-hmm. if you're talking about making the most of your situation. For me, you know, that kind of thing 
my impetus has never been money. So yeah. like constantly creating things around my brand or persona mm-hmm. is not interesting to me. What mm-hmm. I'm trying to do is create a television show that's that you know, this is the first global talk show in the history of television. I want to mm-hmm. focus on that and be really and get really good at that. Right. So okay. creating that, yes, you have to be mindful of the fact that this is being fed and, and into all these different languages and that humor translates sometimes and doesn't all the time. Mm-hmm. But you can't pander. Mm-hmm. I can't decide, okay, I want to appeal to Germany mm-hmm. all of a sudden because then, yeah. you know, the rest of the people are like, well, wait. So I think as a as a, somebody who's like a comedian, mm-hmm. you have to just be really authentic to your point of view mm-hmm. and then send that message out. And then whoever gets you gets you, you know. You can't overexert yourself trying to please people. Right, absolutely. But do you also, the formats are different because, t- you know, when we went from radio to television, at first it was just standing up and doing radio. And now this is it does feel like a different way you have to create and present because it's because it's online. At all. No, I don't you think feel so. like it's like to, it's like not it's the same thing. To me, but... it's a TV show. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like it's online. You know, I don't even really know what that means. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't you know, I'm not I'm not some tech savvy person who's like when they said streaming, I had to have somebody like really break that down for me. Okay. I'm like, what do is get streaming? Yeah. I mean, I think I do, yeah. but I don't you think don't I'll ever really quite get it. Not like you get it. I don't really care how it works. It's just that it gets there. But I do think there's a different way to create and people are watching in an online mode or in in a binging mode, there's a different way to create yeah. than, than the way television has been done. Absolutely. Do you think about doing stuntish kind of things? Because that that does work, those short bits. And I'm thinking of Samantha Bee show or others. They're, they're structured differently. Yeah, I don't love doing stunt stuff. I mean, I think it's fun if it's well thought out and and it fits within the show's format. But mm-hmm. doing a stunt for the sake of doing a stunt? No. Yeah. You know, I mean, that works beautifully for James Corden and like mm-hmm. Carpool Karaoke or... You know, and for Jimmy Fallon and his stuff, but you know, you have to find whatever it is organically. You mm-hmm. know, if that if because the show by nature of it is already viral, right? You know, the fact that it is streaming makes it viral, right? But there is a, a thinking that you have to do these. I, I hate to use this word, but they're called snackable. It's mm-hmm. snackable that people can right. flip through them, and and they're structured that way because of the way people are are watching. Yeah, I mean, I think that you know, there we put out a video like I do this PSA, this like recurring PSA is called mm-hmm. Kids. They're not that great. Like you don't have to have kids, <laughs> yeah. and we just filmed a bunch yesterday called Marriage. You can say no. Yeah, like the advantages of being single, successful, and not tethered to anybody. Right. Right. And, you know, they. I just looked this morning, and for the kids that are not great, it's like 600,000 views on Facebook. Uh-huh. And I'm like, that seems like a lot. That's a lot. And that's one of that those things that hits without you right. even realizing it. Like, right. they posted that yesterday or two days ago, and I had no idea. Right. Do you so, use social media a lot? Yeah, I mean, do I you think to. about it with this show, for sure? Oh, yeah, yeah. I had to really readjust everything. I mean, I have a whole social media department that right. has meetings about me. Really? Oh, yeah. Like, we have, how many people in your Oh, department? there are a lot of people. There really? are three in my office, and then at Netflix, there are, like, 30. Uh-huh. I had to snap. I started Snapchatting. All right, I, let me go through them all. Do you, you're a Twitter queen. You really are. You and Donald Trump are really good at Twitter. <laughs> just so you know, you share that in common. We have a lot more than that in common. Yeah, no, we have nothing in common. All right, okay. But Twitter, you are both very good at Twitter. Thank so you. Twitter's been a, a medium you use, and Instagram too. Instagram and Snapchat I use, and Facebook. And all right, but talk, talk, break those down. Like, what do you think? How do you use Twitter? Um, Twitter, I like to just kind of, you know, send out, you know, Twitter's not a video place, really. I like, I think Twitter's kind of a little bit more cerebral than the other ones. 
so I like to, you know, tweet out one-liners or commentary mm. on the election or Trump or whatever mm-hmm. and make fun of things. You know, it's nice when you have a stream of consciousness or you wake up with a funny thought and tweet it out. I, I didn't embrace it as much. In the time I took off, I was kind of like absent from the whole social media sure. world. So you come back and there's this influx of, I'm like, I have to Snapchat? That is like the most narcissistic, gross way to spend my day. Yeah. But I rearranged my brain around it and I right. thought I could make this fun. Right. And I did and I have fun well, with talk it. Talk about Snapchat because it's now we just had our conference and Everybody was sort of talking about the ascendance of Snapchat, even more so than before. And um, I know I have a 14-year-old. He lives on Snapchat. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, then then there will be something else after Snapchat. Sure. But, uh, you know, Instagram to me is very everybody with their filters and their silly like everyone yeah. wants to look so beautiful I'm very anti that I like to look good but I'm mm-hmm. really gross I, I find it gross to kind of constantly change your features mm-hmm. you know and like trick people into right, thinking right. you the, look a certain filters. way so I've always been a little bit more uh, I've erred on the side of like this is me at my you know not my best when right. we do a glamour shot with me and my girls it's like we're all just like it feels so weird to even be like okay take a picture for Instagram you know right. we, of course I've done it but right. it's not as authentic as me like you know disrobing and going here. This is how silly I look in the morning, right, naked. Right. Because where do you? Where does that go? Facebook. Where, that where goes does, to Instagram. Instagram. That yeah. goes to Instagram. Sometimes Twitter. Well, no, Twitter. If you're naked, because they don't take it down. New right. shots. Okay. Right. Good. So if I'm in the bushes and I take my top off in Moscow, I, you know, that goes to Twitter. Okay. After I leave so Russia. Naked. After yeah, I leave Russia. Russia. And then Facebook is good for videos. Mm-hmm. That's probably the best place for videos. Have you used Facebook Live? Do you use it? Uh yes, I have. Yeah. It's very powerful. It is. Did no. you watch the watermelon? No. What's oh, you that? Have to watch. They. BuzzFeed had two interns put rubber bands around a watermelon until it exploded. And it did explode eventually. And it was, I don't know, 400 million views as they were really? doing Really? Yeah, as they because were doing Because this was a science experiment? They just did it. And did they know it was going to explode? No, I guess. I don't know. Has anyone ever done that? I, I don't know, but it's, exactly. it's not something it was that... A new, but the whole thing was the media went crazy. Like, oh my God, this is the end of media. It sounds like the Chewbacca Yes. Mom, well, no, that right? was entertaining. This was strange. But it did take off. It was, it, was, yeah. it was riveting to people. Yeah. I don't watch a lot of videos online, right. I have to say. But you use Facebook Live. Um, yeah, we've used it. I mean, because my media team, my social media team will be like, hey, we need to do a 360 video. I'm like, what, what's that? Yeah. And then they tell me, and I'm like, why would anyone watch this? Yeah. Why would anyone want to watch what's going on in my car when I'm driving to work? Right. And then they do it. Well, yeah, I yeah. guess. I mean, listen, I'll do whatever I have to. I'm not going to pretend. I mean, you know, I do this because I have a show on the air. Right. And you want people to watch it. Yeah. Watch yeah. It. Are you still in a war of nudity with? No, not really. I'm over it. Are you? Yeah. I mean, very like I lose interest very quickly in things. Right. Right. So you haven't had a it's Instagram it was Instagram, correct? Instagram would take down nudity photos. Yeah. Right. Right. But you're done with that. Well, yeah, I think so. Unless I, you know, unless I'm not. Who knows? Right. I don't know what I'm going to do next. Right. So do you, do you get exhausted by it, by the social media thrall? I think it's... Does it matter I, for your show or it does? I think it does matter. I think you have to do it, especially for a show like this. That's this. so many young people are watching. I think it's important to like kind of feed that. Mm-hmm. And and I'm willing to do that. You know, I just you just get an attitude, the right attitude about it. You're like, mm-hmm. this is funny. I'm gonna be. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get into it instead mm-hmm. of like you know lean in. Right. <laughs> you gotta lean into Snapchat. <laughs> Thank you, Cheryl Sandberg. Um, <laughs> no problem. But uh, but what is different from Snapchat? Because you were saying it's narcissistic. Well, it's just silly to film your day and tell people about it. I remember, you know, when Twitter started, people were like, "Who cares what you're doing in the middle of the day?" Or Facebook checking right. in. What do you have for breakfast? I'm getting coffee. Like you look on people's Facebook, and the responses would be like, "Who cares? Mm-hmm. No one cares the shit that you're getting coffee mm-hmm. right now." So 
you know, this is just like the most, it just keeps succeeding the, the, the previous one. Right, You know, right. the previous outlet. It's like, now, right. now not only am I checking in, I'm going to film myself right. going to the bathroom. Making a story. Yeah, and you're going to be fascinated by it. So, yeah. but it's, of course it's narcissistic. It's silly to think. And some of these people that you, you know. That they respond like, to you. And the faces that you yeah. do on Snapchat. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's so stupid. Yeah, yeah. And yet. And yet, I'm a rapper now. I'm a white rapper. I rap every morning on Snapchat. Do you? Yeah, because I had to do something to keep myself going. Do you like the responses? Do you read them? On Snapchat? I thought yeah, you or can't, All of them, can't not on respond. Snapchat, on the others. Oh, then. yeah, I try to respond, and, you know, not all of them, obviously, but I try to I try to go on a few times a day and respond to people mm-hmm. and say thank you or fuck you. So you're embracing whatever. Thank this. Thank you or fuck you. Fuck whoever, you. whatever. The I do a lot of fuck you. <laughs> I do a lot of fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Do you? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, when people don't. I just did an interview with Elon Musk, and in the way way it was shown it got huge hits all over social media and the way I was sitting when it was being live streamed looked like our legs were intertwined as if we were dating or something and there was a lot of like why are why are you touching his legs he's the genius of all time don't touch his legs and it went on and on I was like what is wrong with you what is it was yeah bizarre. but don't you feel like you can't even respond to people like that sometimes? no I do I just have to oh I'm like we're dating we're really happy we're having a baby it's great or so I'll make stuff up <laughs> yeah stuff well like that's that. cute yeah but it's, just, it's somewhat invasive when we get back, I want to talk about current events and where you're going with the show and what topics you're going to... Obviously, the election's a big thing. We're here with Chelsea Handler of Chelsea on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by GoCD, the open-source continuous delivery server created by ThoughtWorks. GoCD is the best integration and deployment tool you've probably never heard of. It offers customization for your software's individual needs. There's no plug-in or workaround needed. GoCD just goes. Spend more time delivering and less time configuring. Commercial support and enterprise add-ons, including disaster recovery, are available. Download GoCD for free at www.go.cd. I'd also like to tell you about Recode Media with Peter Kafka. Peter, who did you talk to this week? Thanks, Kara. This is a very cool guest this week. They're all cool guests, but this is a really good one. This is Malcolm Gladwell. Talked about his entire amazing career in journalism. We also talked about his new podcast, where he goes around the world and figures out interesting solutions to interesting questions. Very cool. Listen in. You can find Recode Media on iTunes, Google Play Music, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're here with Chelsea Handler, and we're talking about her show on Netflix and a lot of other things, how she likes social media, what she's doing with the show. And when you're doing a show like this, you have to stay topical. There's a lot of topics right now for you to talk about. What, do you, what are you going to focus on in the next couple of episodes? Because you've got to do 90 of these. So is, is the election sort of going to take over? Your- the election is a big part of it. Absolutely. Uh, the election, you know, social media is a big part of it. There's a new thing called Tinder mm-hmm. for what? like threesomes on Tinder. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah, we have David Spade on next week and we're going to do something about Tinder. Like you can hook Thinder? up with... These are single people who want to hook up with couples. Right. Oh, okay. So there's that. Right. Thruple. Have you heard the term? Fr- yes, thruple? I've heard yeah. thruple, yes. Thruppling, I guess. Uh, so, you know, a lot of social media coverage, like different apps. And Do you use Tinder? Uh, yeah, I'm on Tinder. Yeah. I mean, I don't use it as much as I, I have used it, yes. Mm-hmm. Does it work? I, we just had the Tinder CEO on stage. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. we have him Sean. coming somewhere. Yeah, he's interesting. They're having a new thing called Tinder Social, where groups of people date groups of people. That's great. So that you go out like pos- like gangs almost. That's and, called swinging. Sex. Yes, I know, but I don't believe everybody has sex. I think it's just you go out, then you meet the other group, and uh-huh. then if something works. It's funny how everything like builds up, and then it's deconstructed. You know, right. like you go on with single dates. Like, you know, phones were really, really big to begin with. 
with, and then they got smaller, and now they're just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yes, that's true. It's like dating is like, you know, people did like in the 60s, they you went go on, on group groups. dates, and yeah. then you go, and then you're having sex with random people, and now we're back to group dating. Right, exactly. You know, it's a new thing. They're, 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 um, and they're also adding different uh, for transgender people because they were getting into problems Good. on, so they're adding it's, designations. It's the, it's the decade of transgender. Move. It is. It's the movement. So Do you have an issue with bathrooms? Chelsea. No, I think that everybody should use whatever bathroom they want to use. Thank you. You should run for I, I use the men's room as often as possible That's because I think move. women are filthy and they can be pigs in restrooms. <laughs> so talk about the election. What do you, how are you going to cover the election? What's the way you're going to... I think we have a real responsibility. I loved Hillary's speech yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, I that think it's like, speech. good. Well, good. Let's get this party started and mm-hmm. let's start saying stuff like that. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. I mean, I love that quote about he thinks he knows about foreign policy because he ran the Miss Universe pageant. Out right. Of oh, Russia. the Russian. Yeah, that like, was good. That was I mean, line. I read that this morning and that laughed out Trumpian loud. That was a Trumpian line. That was yeah, a... exactly. And he deserves it. You know, right. let's serve him in kind. We had uh, John Podesta on stage yesterday, and he was talking. They were talking about designations because they have you know crooked Hillary, and it's sticking. Crooked Hillary sticking, and so they were trying to think of a Donald one, and and they've used dangerous Donald and. Dumb Donald. I think, forget it. They're not working. What about dumbass Donald? Well, no, I don't think she'll do that. That would be so great if she just started well, still calling him dumbass Donald and just lowered herself to his level. Yeah. Do you think she should do that? I think you've got to take it seriously. You have to take the threat of him seriously, even though I would say, oh, just take the high road. Don't involve Yeah, that's what he was saying. John Podesta was saying that because we suggested the one that John Stewart had, which was Man Baby Donald, which <laughs> yeah, I, I liked cute. a lot. Yeah, uh, Man Baby. He is a toddler. He acts yeah. like a toddler. Right, right. So, but I think that she's coming out swinging now, and I think it's the right time for mm-hmm. her to make these comments and be aggressive because you can't argue the fact that you can't have somebody like that around our nuclear codes. Right, right. You just can't. Right. You can't have somebody. So how it's you, an international crisis to have right. somebody like that leading our country. Right. So what do you? How do you then do it on the show? I think you just go. You know, I'm never. I've never been shy of like controversy or mm-hmm. going after somebody and mm-hmm. really going after them. I'm, mm-hmm. And I'm not scared to do that. I mean, I'm not a journalist. Mm-hmm. That's the great thing about well, getting. You kind to, of are when you're trying to be. You know, you're trying to do an educational show. Almost. Yeah, but I'm not. Like, I'm educating have, yourself. Well, I'm edu- but I'm also allowed to have opinions. Right. I'm not somebody that's you know on a news network that I can't say. You know, it's not like I'm Anderson Cooper. It's not right. like I have to be diplomatic about that. Right. Right. I don't. I right. can talk about what an asshole he is. I right. can talk about how crazy it is that people think that that's a good idea to possibly elect somebody. Mm-hmm. And I can get nuts about it. Mm-hmm. So, and Netflix doesn't mind whatever um, opinions you want. They haven't said anything thus far. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not representing Netflix, although right. some people may interpret it as that. But obviously, you know, anyone who's familiar with me knows that I'm usually just pretty vociferous about right. my own feelings. Right, right. Have you been able to talk about other topics Beyond the election? I mean, in, in a vociferous way, is there things that you want to... Well, I talk about science a lot because there's a lot of stuff I don't understand. Right. I need somebody to really break it down in fundamental terms. Right. We've been doing a lot of that, like explainers, we call Why them. Why is that? Why are you so interested in science? Just well, I'm just be... interested in the world. I'm right. interested... I think it's important to be interested in the things that you're not interested in. You right. can't just be like, I love sports. I'm only going to read the sports section. Like, right. I read the business section because I don't know anything about business. I don't right. know about technology. I want right. to learn. I want oh, people to... you know more to... than... I, think I know more. I know more than I give myself credit for, right. obviously. I think we all know more than we give ourselves credit right. for. In some cases, we give ourselves too much credit yeah, that's and know true. nothing. Right. Uh, and those are some of my favorite people to interview as well. But I want to broaden my horizons. So who would you love to have on the show? I mean, I think about people I'd like to interview all the time, you know, who would be great. I keep thinking Putin. I don't know why. Oh, I would love that. Wouldn't you I love mean, Yeah, and that would be like a number one. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Who would you love to get on that show? I would love to have Putin on, more so than probably, you know, Barack Obama, I don't even know if I could control myself around, so I don't know. Because I'm do? just so crushing on him right now. I'm really? so sad he's leaving office. Yeah. I just love him. Mm-hmm. I loved that. 
Remember, did you... The old lady dancing one? Uh, no, the I saw that. Yeah, I that saw was that. Lovely. was cute. It's very elegant. <laughs> it's lovely. It's lovely. Which one are you thinking? Did you see the piece in the when he was on the, the Atlantic cover story about just the thoughtfulness mm-hmm. about that he has in yeah. such a global way that mm-hmm. it's not... He was never... He's thinking about us for the future, for decades and, you know, years to come. Mm-hmm. Like a president to be that thoughtful and... Uh, you know, and not go into the Middle East uh, and be reactive, mm-hmm. you know, and to and to think about what we're doing with Syria and to think about what we're doing with so ISIS. So you want him on the show or you might just stare Oh, at I would love a bomb on the show. Yeah. I mean, who knows? But he does do odd things, though. You yeah, know? he does. Once he's out of office, he could probably just come on my show all the time. Yeah. <laughs> he could be he, your he can sidekick. Be, he could be my sidekick. <laughs> Is he chewy? <laughs> exactly. Barack. Uh, the first time I met him at a function, this was like before he was elected the first time. He, when I went up, you know, yeah. you, you go to those fundraisers and yeah, you get and you to take picture. a picture with him. Yeah. And he's like, where's Chewy? Or he goes, how's Chewy? And I just thought, oh, my God. But, you know, they whisper yeah. in his ear, tell her something. This is the girl from He might me. know. He might. Yeah, well, I'm sure he knows about me now. It's not like, you know. Yeah. Who um, else? Who else would you like to? What, what, what other topic would you like to do? You know, I like to. I'd love to interview Hillary and Chelsea Clinton together about their relationship. I love the dynamics mm-hmm. of like interpersonal affairs, especially mm-hmm. like strong women. I think it's mm-hmm. important that message is, you know, and how important parenting is in the development of somebody. Mm-hmm. I love those kinds of things. We did. We did an episode that just started streaming this week about parenting. I did a parenting dinner at my house, like a, with Kate Hudson and Maya Bialik and. Mm-hmm. Ra- and Malin Ackerman and Randall Park about parenting. And then we, in between, had they all discussed their feelings about being a parent because I'm very curious about what people, right. you know, how they approach that and why people continue to procreate. And Which you're against, correct? Is I'm just, no, for myself. For I'm not against it as a general rule, but yeah. I mean, for some people I am. Yeah. Uh, I do think you should have to take some sort of standardized test. Uh-huh. But I think we did something on, you know, this little kid that identifies as a girl sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, he's uh, trans. He's not transgender. There, you know, there's all these different yeah. terms now, you know. And so there's this little kid and I went to his house and, down, you know, Orange County with his parents and they let, let him identify as a girl. Mm-hmm. He want, he likes to dress as a girl. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I, should, I misspoke. He doesn't identify as a girl. He identifies as a boy who likes to cross dress. Yeah. So and his parents, there's tons of them in San Francisco. And yeah, well, it's a new thing, and we need to get ready for it. And mm-hmm. I want to be educated about that. So right. those kinds of things, I think, are really important to kind of shine a light on because this was a normal, loving family. The father's a police officer. The mother just loves her son and wants mm-hmm. to let him express himself mm-hmm. instead of growing up and maybe being confused and having such self hatred that you take right. thirty years of analysis to get out of your. Right. Own, right. you know. Right, absolutely. So I think stuff like that, when you feel like you're, you know, I went and interviewed a polygamous family mm-hmm. in Montana, mm-hmm. in Billings, Montana, and they were two women that are married, not obviously legally, but married to this one man, and they had shared five children between them. Mm-hmm. And I thought, went there with one opinion and left there with another. I oh. thought, oh, that's gross. Who? What's wrong with these people? And then I left and go, I thought... Who the hell's to say that you can't get married to two people? If everybody's right. willing partners and right. they're all interested, they should be allowed to do whatever the fuck right. they want. Right. Who are we to tell people what to right. do? And so you're pro polygamy. Well, I mean, you know, I'm pro that family. Okay, it's case, right. by case, case by case basis, and I should be in charge of it. <laughs> <laughs> you no, you yes. Um, finishing up, I want to talk a little about tech because are you? What are you interested in tech? Because you did, you've done that. You've done Chelsea does, and it, what is your Interests in tech itself, self-driving cars, jetpacks, time machines. What What do you? No, I. It all scares me. Like I want it? it to stop. Every time there's a new iPhone, I'm just like, shit. I'm gonna have to learn this. You know, right. there's a new thing I have to get around. Mm-hmm. 
But I think what I discovered doing that the technology episode I did in the Chelsea Does mm-hmm. stuff is that it is all manageable to figure out if you just have the patience. My mm-hmm. problem is I was short on patience, and mm-hmm. I've seemed to once you really once you get one thing and you realize oh this is how Twitter works or this is how Snapchat works or this is how my Tesla works mm-hmm. you, you start to re- yeah I do have a Tesla I love it it's the best car although it's t- my screen went to black this morning and I thought the whole thing was going to blow up I'm like <laughs> should I be driving this because my whole you know the yeah, screen in there screen. is like the size of your dashboard yeah, it's big and I thought I should pull over or am I going to blow up and then of course it all came back on so yeah. I was like okay good uh, Probably updating the software. Yeah, it seems to do a lot of updating. It does. It does it on the fly. Mm-hmm. But it's great because you can charge your car anywhere now. Mm-hmm. So Tesla, what other things? So I think once you get your brain around that, you realize that your whole house is operated on an iPad and you mm-hmm. start to figure out how to turn the music on and how to turn Apple TV mm-hmm. on and how to do this and that. And as soon as I figure out how to watch Amazon, I'll be satisfied. Do you have an Amazon Echo? I don't know what that is. You need to have one, Chelsea. What is it? It's a little device that listens to you all the time, and you say they have, she has only three names, which is either Alexa, oh, I have Echo, Alexa. or Amazon. And you say, "Give me the weather, give me the news." Yeah. Alexa, you have to say the you have to get the thing going, but you say, "Alexa, right. give me the news." But now they have these things called skills on them, and they're essentially like apps. And so, one is uh, give me the sports news, or give me the what are the names of all the U.S. presidents, or you can ask it anything. Um, and so some of the skills are um, you can play games, you can do trivia games, you can do all kinds of things. The one I like in the morning is the one that tells you how great you are. So you go, Alexa, pay me a compliment. And it says, you look good and stuff. It's, it's a I really say that to myself. Oh, do you? Okay. Well, you yeah. can have a machine. I had an Alexa, but I think I gave it to my landscaper. Really? It was starting to talk back. Yeah, it does talk back. That's what it's Yeah, doing. but without me. You don't prompting. want that to happen because that's where things are going in artificial intelligence. Well, that's we basically thing. are living in a world of artificial intelligence. It's like ex machina now. Yes. I mean, we're going to be, you know, there are robots around the corner. You're mm-hmm. going to be cloned soon. So well, we just talked to Elon Musk, who was maker of the Tesla. Um, and he was talking about the fact that AI, he's he's scared of AI. This is probably the smartest person in tech is scared of artificial intelligence, where it's going. And he feels like only a few people will have control over everything once the computers become so smart. And he compared humans to house cats. They're going to become like house cats to the computers. Oh, God. That's how they're going to look at us. And so... That is scary. It when is When is this going to happen? Because I'd like to be dead by that. <laughs> soon. Soon. He feels like the AI is really is progressing like at a rate. Like five years or 20 years? Five years. Oh, shit. Really? <laughs> yeah. See, I don't like that at so all. So his solution was to do this thing called neural lace, which you take your digital life and combine it with your personal life. So you get smarter and it, it goes into your veins and you become artificial intelligence. Would you uh, like to do a neural lace? Oh, God. Are no, you I'm, serious? I'm serious. Are you also your house cat? How are you injecting that into your body? I don't. He knows. It's I, you, through your veins. Apparently, it goes into your neurons. I, I, don't, I don't really understand it. I may have to start dating him. Yes. Well, he's a billionaire. That's a nice, that's oh, a wow. nice perk. That's a nice perk. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. He's super interesting. If you're into money. If you're into money. <laughs> But he's also fascinating. And one of the things that he said at the very end, he says, well, it may not really matter. We may already be in an artificial intelligence universe. And this may be a game that someone is playing, that we are in a game. And someone asked him, someone who's quite geeky, said, what's the chances of that? And he said, base reality, something billion, meaning we are in a game. And this is all a simulation. Oh, right now. Well, well, then I'm having a pretty good time being simulated. Yeah. Do you think that people are like someone like You might him, want to learn about this. Like so. I will. So I will. I definitely will. I'd love to have Elon Musk on. I have to yeah. get him on. But I feel like, you know, people are so much smarter than they were 200 years ago because mm-hmm. IQs are obviously strengthening because mm-hmm. of computers. Mm-hmm. And or not. Because, or, or not. But there seems to be 
it, it feels like when you look back, like, do you think Winston Churchill was this as smart as some people are? As you know, do you think people are getting well, smarter? You, you, he was making the point that you have more information in your pocket than the U.S. president had 20 years ago. Right. So your machines are smarter. Yeah. You might not be smarter. You might not be smarter. In fact, you're a house cat. Yeah. Do IQs get higher as life goes on? Or do you depend on the computers to do everything? Therein lies the question. Last time you used a map, Chelsea, never. I can't Last time you know people's phone numbers. The last time you knew an address. I mean, it's really interesting. You rely on the computers, and that was the whole point, is that it becomes... Mm -hmm. I mean, if you lost your phone in an emergency, you wouldn't even know who to call because exactly. you don't have any numbers memorized. Now, the other side of it, we had the people from Facebook who were very into artificial intelligence, and their argument is that technology has always improved, even if there's some negatives, um, that it's improving your life. And, of course, that's the Terminator argument. You know, yeah. But. I think I'm on Elon Musk's side on that. Yeah. So, anyway, so it's an interesting area you might want to pursue. It if you're okay. Thank you. Edgemutainment. Uh -huh. Give people a horrible – we also had Nathan Mirvold talking about how asteroids are – measured and so there's too many asteroids coming at the earth and it was really a happy time when are they going to hit because they've been predicting that for years his point is that the calculations there was a mistake in the math of nasa's calculations of how big and how many asteroids there are and he's there's an argument going on whether he's right or not that there was a mathematical miscalculation and they're they're bigger and there's more of them than they thought well i guess we'll be the last ones to know <laughs> i guess so i guess so and in any case this has been great so you seem excited about your new you seem i'm into it i'm it, very fulfilled does it invigorate you yes does it exhaust you in a, the best possible way. I mean, I get up at like, I mean, today I was up at 4.30 a.m., but that's just because I came back from Spain for the weekend. But I get up at, four, I mean, I'm working 12-hour days and not and not unhappy about it. I'm not, like, pissed. Would you go back to old Hollywood? Old Hollywood? Well, Hollywood, the way it's been done, because they still do things the old way here. They really no, do. No, I would never go back. I only move forward. I only move forward. So, at some point. I'm you might get a, get a robot. A neural lace. Yeah. Neural lace in your neural head. Neural lace, yeah. Anyway, Chelsea, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Kara. If you enjoyed this interview as much as I did, be sure to subscribe to the show. Be the first to listen to future episodes or catch up on previous episodes, including some really fantastic interviews I've done with former Texas State Senator Wendy Davis, AOL co-founder Steve Case, and TV star Kim Kardashian, just to name a few. You can find all those interviews and more at recode.net slash decode. Now that you're done with this, why not try some of our other podcasts? Recode Media with Peter Kafka comes out every Thursday. On Fridays, I host Too Embarrassed to Ask along with Lauren Good of The Verge. And on Recode Replay, you can find audio from our events like the Code Conference, Peter Kafka's Code Media, and Jason Del Rey's Code Commerce. Here's a clip from our interview with Elon Musk at Code. I mean, the general strategy of SpaceX is to, like, we clearly need a lot of money in order to develop the transport system to establish a city on Mars. So we're like kind of gathering Earth-based revenue. That's <laughs> we're trying to maximize. Is there Earth, some other Earth revenue. revenue? Well, right now it's only Earth. So we've got to maximize Earth revenue as it relates to rockets and spacecraft. So, assuming SpaceX is able to transport large numbers of people and, and goods to Mars, it will be an enormous enabler for entrepreneurial activity on Mars. Thanks for listening. This has been another episode of Recode Decode. Remember to subscribe to the show and leave us a review at iTunes.com slash Recode Decode. I'll be back here on Monday with another great guest. Tune in then. This has been Recode Decode, hosted by Kara Swisher, powered by digital media. 
For more hard-hitting interviews with insiders from the worlds of tech, media, and politics, subscribe to Recode Replay on iTunes. Featuring candid conversations with leading voices like AOL CEO Tim Armstrong, Goldman Sachs' CIO Marty Chavez, the team behind the hit TV show Empire, Shark Tank investor Mark Cuban, and presidential candidate Hillary Clinton. They're all on Recode Replay.